Hey, Sarasota, it's Bob. So it's been a wonderful grind over the past 18 months. We've had some fabulous guests. We've produced over 150 episodes. and We've had over 10,000 listens from you wonderful folks in the greater Sarasota area. It's been a lot of fun, but also it's been a lot of work. And so we've decided to take a little bit of a break until this fall. When you check out other podcasts, you're going to see that most put out a new episode only once a week. We put out two, so of course that means there's twice the work. A lot of show notes, scheduling, guests, editing, etc., etc., etc. So we've decided to take a little break for the rest of the summer and we will resume this fall. And we'll let you know. But before I sign off, can you do me a little favor? Reach out to us via Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Drop us a little note. I'd like to know more about what you want to hear when we resume in the next couple of weeks. That'd be a big help because without you, dear listener, we would not exist. As always, thank you for tuning in. Have a wonderful summer, and we'll be back soon where you can listen, learn, and connect. Good morning, Sarasota. This is the Sarasota Stories Podcast, Episode 26. Hi, this is Bob. If you've been a listener to Sarasota Stories for a while now, would you do me a little favor? Go to our website, sarasotastories.co, scroll down and enter your best email so you will know when all our episodes will air. It helps us know who's a fan and how many folks are listening. I certainly appreciate it. And now on to today's episode. If you're a true foodie, you may have heard of Spanakopita. It's a Greek savory pie made with phyllo bread and filled with spinach and other goodies. It's been around since the 5th century, but one local entrepreneur is putting a new twist on this dish by making the name easier for newbies to pronounce and adding his own ingredients to take this dish to a whole new level. Hi, I'm Bob Williams, and you know what? I really do believe that it's essential for us to hear each other's stories. To me, it's what really makes a community feel like home. In fact, that is why I started the Sarasota Stories podcast. It's a podcast completely dedicated to helping people just like you get connected a little deeper with our neighbors in the greater Sarasota area. I do my best to bring you some of the most interesting business leaders, civic leaders, artists, authors, entrepreneurs, physicians, philanthropists, and others who are making a positive impact in Sarasota. My guest today is Jonathan Simone. He's a certified fitness trainer by day but his true passion is making Spanakopita more accessible to the average person. Jonathan's love for his ancestral heritage and food as a second-generation Greek is the catalyst that made him start his newest venture, Greek Triangles. In this episode, you'll learn why Jonathan started Greek Triangles, how he makes this traditional food he grew up with, what's different about the style he makes, where you can purchase these wonderful savory pies, and much, much more. Thank you for stopping by, and it is my hope that you will listen, learn, and most importantly, connect. Jonathan Simos of Greek Triangles, welcome to the Sarasota Stories podcast. It's a pleasure to have you here. Thank you, Bob. Well, my goodness, it's interesting when I was looking at your background, you've done a lot of things, and I think this last um, venture that you have undertaken, which is Greek Triangles, which we want to know more about is the most fascinating of all because it kind of taps into your heritage and is food items. And so anything that has to do with ethnic food, I'm all about that. So, uh-huh. uh, so we're real excited to have you here. 
Thank you, Bob. I'm excited to be here. Um, yeah, this venture, it, uh, it came up in 2020. I always saw the potential for it because I feel like Greek food is underrepresented in the U.S., especially with Spanakopita. And my father's recipe uh, is the best. It's amazing. So I saw the potential. I always wanted to get it out to the public, and I made it happen in 2020. Well, that's really cool. Well, give us some background then. You, you said Spanakopita? Yes. Yeah, so Greek food. Your father's background and the recipe and Greek and whatnot. So, so just give us the whole whole lay, layout there of how you uh, ended up with Greek triangles. Definitely. So um, I saw the potential. And uh, so Spanakopita, first of all, is uh, – Basically, uh, Greek traditional Greek food, and uh, it's in the form of a pan in squares or triangles. So it's phyllo dough with a mix that has spinach, onion, leeks, dill. There's different things. Sometimes they put rice in it for the moisture. There's different variations. Eastern Europe has their own version. The Middle Eastern coast has their own version. So uh, there's different types. But uh, the one that we make is uh, is typically... Spinach, onion, leeks, dill, salt, pepper, and has a lot of flavor. So um, I wanted to get it out to the public, and it's definitely been a journey to get there. No, I'm sure. I'm sure it has been. Now, the term so, – so, so and am I saying this correctly? Spanakopita? Yes, you got it. Okay, Spanakopita is the Greek term for Greek triangles. Uh, uh, I mean, it doesn't necessarily translate, but I just make it, uh, Greek triangles is kind of like a play off of, uh, what it looks like. And since most people have a hard time saying spanakopita, I just make it simple and call it, uh, Greek triangles since my product is a triangle. Is this a term that you created? Yes. Um, it's, it is, uh, I just thought it was easier to say. And since it's a triangle, it's just kind of fun to say, you know, uh, would you like a triangle and, and for customers to say, you know, I'll take the uh, classic triangle or the vegan triangle. It's kind of fun to, you know, use shapes. Well, that's cool. So this is, this is a term that you have created and if you get traction on it, you own it, right? <laughs> yes. And yeah, the trademark is in effect. Uh, so I'm going to put it together and uh, it is. I'm glad that we chose that name. It's definitely a fun way to call them. Right. So, so, so Greek triangles is, is, is something that you have created. It's, I think back over my business career, various consultants and, and other product developers have created certain, um, certain terms. I mean, you know, way back when, what was it? A lot of consultants got together and they developed a term called re-engineering. That was big in the manufacturing firm. Of course, they wrote tons of books and made millions of dollars over it. I hope the same thing happens for you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I mean, hopefully, hopefully one day it will be a term that is, you know, recognized universally. Good. <laughs> it's probably, yeah, that'd be cool. We'll see. Well, give, us, give, me, give me some of your, uh, your heritage there. You said your father's the one who really came up with this recipe or you kind of grew up with it. So tell us what that looked like growing up. Yes. So uh, my dad is from a small village called Ismia. It's on the Corinth Canal about an hour south of Athens. Basically, walking distance from the biblical city of Corinth. So Corinth wow. is on one side, Lutraki is on the other side. So like ancient village, you can see ruins. If you will go walking through the village in the countryside, you'll see like ancient walls. It's, it's beautiful. But um, he's from there. He came to America in his 20s. And then my mom is Greek-American. So she just happened to be Greek when they met. Um, and so growing up, I was born here. So I grew up, you know, American, but with that Greek influence. So we would have Greek food occasionally, not all the time, 
but occasionally, you know, my dad would cook uh, and make amazing Greek food. And uh, we'd go to Greece every couple of years and visit family. And it was a different world over there, you know, completely different, different culture, of course, different food. I can tell you stories yeah. on that, but uh, I loved going there every couple of years to visit family. It was, I learned so much and it was such a great uh, experience every time. Do you speak Greek? That's the thing. I need to learn. <laughs> I, know, I know some words and some phrases. Oh, man. I uh, know. And I even have a tattoo of an uh, ancient Greek word, uh, Thiname, but uh, it means inherent power, potential, yeah. the root word of the English word dynamic, but I don't know Greek fluently yet. One day. <laughs> One day. Well, that being a completely different alphabet and whatnot, that'd be a tough language to learn. So, <laughs> Yes. It's, it's funny. I mean, I always felt, you know, I agreed with Bill Gates. I always felt like I was never really educated unless I learned a second language. I do not know a second language. I know a little bit of Spanish. I used to send my kids down to Panama uh, to, to live with a family down there. So they, they all speak Spanish. I have a third daughter actually knows how to speak Mandarin. So she's fluent in Chinese. Wow. But, uh, but shame on you for not learning Greek <laughs> because I think that'd be the coolest language in the world. It's uh, it is a pretty cool language. Uh, I do want to learn Greek though. One day Greek and Spanish. That's cool that you speak Spanish. That's a good start with uh, yeah. with your languages. I, I think everybody who grew up in the U.S. is going to have to learn to speak Spanish. Uh, you walk in the hardware stores, it's Spanish. So much of our labeling now is Spanish and whatnot. But yeah. So what? So so when you went to Greece, when you say it's definitely different, what, what were some of the things that you saw over there that just kind of resonated with you? Um, it's becoming more... There's more similarities now, but back when I was a kid and would go over there, I think the cultural differences were a little more, you know, uh, vast. So um, the, where do I start? Funny story. I, you know, the things that they eat. I was in my grandmother's house and I was looking for ice cream one time. I, there was a white bag in the freezer. And so I was thinking, oh, maybe there's ice cream in it. I don't know why I thought it was in a bag, but so I opened up the bag and there, um, there, it wasn't ice cream it was a uh, it was a uh, animal meat uh it was goat, goat meat and yeah it was a little uh a little bit of a surprise when i was looking for ice cream so it, uh, was it cut up or were there any eyeballs or heads or anything uh, like that it was actually a head a goat head in the freezer is, is that right yes but of course now things are you know changing but it was the old you know um older generation that you know but, you know, there's cultural differences, food differences, what they eat. So, yeah, it was a surprise, but it's a funny story now. Certainly. I mean, I always loved some of the History Channel's programs because typically it's somebody traveling around the world and it's cultural programs, but they're really talking about the local food. Then. And, of course, that's always one of the pillars of culture. But uh, it sounds like a wonderful trip. I've never been in that part of the world. I've done a lot in South America, some in Europe and whatnot. The only time I've ever had goat, quite frankly, was in a very nice restaurant in uh, Buenos Aires in Argentina. But oh. there, were no, there were no heads or eyeballs. Or anything. <laughs> <laughs> it was prepared for the – it was definitely prepared in a Western style, I guess. Good, good. And then the culture, you know, is very similar to uh, – like Mediterranean culture, similar to Latin American culture, very animated, you know, sure. very lively. So um, it was like my big Greek wedding, you know, everyone's loud and having fun and right. around right. food. 
But you were born you were born in the United States, correct? Yes, actually here in Sarasota at Sarasota Memorial Hospital. Yeah, okay. All right. Well both my wife and I were born in the same uh, hospital little town in southwest Ohio. So Nice. Yeah, so but we, we like it down here. I, I hope you don't mind us Yankees coming down here. <laughs> no, of course not. It's not just, just, just buy a lot of Greek triangles. Yeah. We'll be good to go. And as I mean, as you know, a lot of the snowbirds are northerners, and uh, it's yeah. great having um, northerners come down, and you know they become regulars, and uh, they're so friendly, they're so nice, they really uh, they're a big part of this town. I I I, I hope most of them are because uh, this is still a pretty small town. So we'll see how much we'll see how much the increase in traffic changes people's attitudes. But uh, <laughs> I, I've been coming down here for many years and always love Sarasota. It's a great place. It's a great place to have a, a business like yours as well because what I do appreciate is this be, it is it didn't used to be, but I think it's becoming a food town, a foodie town. I mean, you can get some of the more ethnic foods and more high-end foods, a lot of creativity and whatnot. So I think what you're providing is just going to add to the richness of it. And so I'm really looking to see what you're going to be doing over the next several years to get, get traction there. But tell us a little bit, tell us a little bit more about the product itself. For our listeners, you said a little bit about what goes into it, but how is it made? Uh, how, where can people find it? Uh, that type of stuff. Yes. So um, the I'll start with what it is and then uh, how it's made and where it's made. So it is a large triangle of phyllo dough. So about uh, six inches on one side, five to five and a half. So uh, on one or the other. So about uh, like a sandwich size. So it's like a meal. And it's mostly greens inside. So it's uh, spinach, onion, leeks, dill, feta cheese, a little bit of egg in the mix to bring it together, salt, pepper. And then traditionally, they use a lot of butter. But instead of butter, I use olive oil. So it's a healthier version, but more of the Greek version. So it has a lot more flavor than what people are used to. Because in America, before I get to the, the preparation, uh, like I said before, the bar set so low where if you buy spanakopita from Publix or Costco or somewhere else, typically it's a thin layer of just feta and a little bit of spinach, more yeah. filo dough, not a lot of flavor. So this is the opposite. This is much more greens. Uh, much more mix, about three-fourths cup, actually a little more, mix inside of it. So uh, it's meant to be a meal, a healthy meal. I make it, uh, I'll make the mix in a commercial kitchen. So Chef Mike, he's a local caterer, very well known. He does weddings and a lot of uh, local events. So I operate out of his kitchen. And cool. a lot of local produce from Detweilers, a lot of greens. I'll make the mix, you know, chop everything up, saute it with some olive oil, salt, pepper, and then once it cools off, I add the feta and the egg, mix it up, and then wrapping it is a process. So uh, wrapping it is like a science in itself. And then uh, that's it. I'll wrap them the day before and bake them the morning of for the market so they're nice and fresh. Yep. And uh, that's it. Well, that's very cool. I'm actually on your, your site right now looking at some of those uh, photographs you have there. It's a shame. I mean, uh, in order for me to keep the weight off in this this town that we live in where you can go out and party every night. Uh, I'm practicing intermittent fasting, so I haven't had anything to eat. And now I'm on your website looking at these things. We may have to cut this interview off short. <laughs> uh, yeah, the pictures look uh, definitely look good. They, they do look great. So so when you package those up, you just put those in a um, – you put them in a uh, aluminum pan and bake them or – Yes, I'll put them on trays with some parchment paper and then right. – 
Uh, and then I'll also provide frozen ones where I'll just put it in plastic wrap and then a label on it and then in a baggie for now until I perfect uh, more, you know, better packaging. And then right. I'll it. But um, the I'm working on the packaging and also shipping next. So I have that yes. next on my to-do list. Right. Where, where do you sell most of your product now? Uh, most of them are at the markets right now. And then also right. uh, people can order. Submit an order on Monday or Tuesday for whatever number they want by the end of the week and uh, for pickup at the markets to make it more efficient. Because I used to deliver, but that was a lot of run around. It wasn't efficient. It's, 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 it's really tough unless you hire somebody to do it for you and then that cuts in your profit margins. You exactly. Get. So I realized picking up from the markets better until I can perfect uh, shipping. So then shipping will be next after that. Right, right. You'll get there. What's been the toughest thing in starting this business? Starting was uh, basically just being an entrepreneur, you know, typical entrepreneurial uh, challenges where you have an idea and you want to pursue it and no one believes in it, you know, except for you, it's your vision. And so you have to just believe in yourself and just take things one step at a time and then also determine what your next move is uh, because you can't really ask anyone. You can get advice and input from people who have similar paths and that's helped me a lot. But then at the end of the day, sometimes it conflicts. At the end of the day, you have to make your own choice. So um, basically just learning how to put everything together from the corporation to the trademark to doing taxes, you know, learning what permit to get, the runaround with finding the, how to get the permit and all of that, uh, all the steps, multitasking, wearing different hats, you know, doing this marketing to sales to accounting, figuring it all out. It's it's a lot of work for sure. <laughs> it is a lot of work. It's just overcoming that inertia and whatnot. I've started businesses before, and of course, what can help a lot of is if you're well capitalized because you delegate all that sort of jazz. But it's just kind of the busy work that, to really kind of get your your business off the ground. So you've been into this for two years now. What would you've done differently looking back? Differently, I would have actually move faster. I think I dragged my feet the first year because um, I was focused on other things and trying to make too many things work at once instead of just focusing on this, stepping back from everything else, and then, you know, systemizing it, scaling it, then focusing on other things. So I just kind of dragged my feet being in too many different directions in the beginning. I would say, yeah, that's the main, main thing. There's nothing really else that comes up. Right. I think it's uh, Elon Musk he was interviewed one day and, and uh, he just said, really work like the devil right from the get go, because if you're working twice as hard, then the other fellow is not going to be able to catch up to you. Yes. And so I think that I think that's if you have the bandwidth, you know, because it's very, very difficult to be working full time someplace else and starting a business on the side. That's a really that's a really, a really big challenge. Oh, yes. No, I, I didn't realize how um, you really have to commit 100 percent because uh I worked full-time at Orange Theory as a coach as well. And then I had, uh, at that time, I had clients as well. And then other ventures I was trying to develop, other brands. So um, you do learn a lot. It did teach me a lot about time management, being efficient. Every minute counts. Uh, sure. You learn to take advantage, you know, to maximize your time, to uh, make it all work. But <laughs> focus is definitely an important thing. Yeah, it is indeed. It is indeed. So where do you want to where do you want to take this business? Uh, so the goal is to definitely um, 
systemize it so I have to perfect the product, perfect the packaging, you know, each part of the sales cycle. Then I will have someone make the mix, have someone wrap them for me, uh, have someone manage the markets for me, uh, well, run the markets for me, two people. So I need one for two on Saturday, one for two on Sunday. And I'm actually getting a cart built to make the whole process easier instead of setting oh, cool. oh, it helps a lot. So that should be ready in May. So I can just pull up in the cart, load the display case, good to go. So um, the goal is to systemize it and actually create a franchise. So I can have someone represent me at various markets by either leasing a cart or buying a cart from me and the, the guy I'm working with for the carts. And then I would provide the products and I would take a percentage of their sales. So they would make you know really good money selling the pies, uh, following certain guidelines, you know, criteria for brand yeah, quality. Uh, so I can get into markets in Miami, you know, throughout Florida and, and grow this network while scaling it on the side, getting into grocery stores, places like that. There'd be like two, basically two parts, uh, scaling it in grocery stores, you know, going big with it, having a product I can ship frozen to grocery stores, consumers. And then the other side would be the franchise uh, with the farmer's markets. And then the step, uh, once I can systemize that and have a team for that, uh, sure. getting that going, then I can step back and focus on other ventures that I have. Trying to get repeatable results, I think, is, is what any new business is aiming for. And right now, since you're the CEO and the dishwasher, <laughs> that's, a, that's a tough, that is a very tough road to hoe. You mentioned that you were doing some coaching. Tell us about that. Yes, I'm an Orange Theory coach, uh, downtown Sarasota. Uh -huh. And so I've been there actually four years now, and it's been uh, a blessing because I was always more introverted. And so um, I, it really helped me get more comfortable with groups of people, and I grew, I grew so much from it. But also the community has been so supportive and so amazing with, uh, with everything, especially this venture. They support me at the market. They've ordered for the past couple of years. Absolutely. They're, they're amazing, the community. Absolutely. The bigger group that you have around you, the better, particularly folks that are interested in what you are. That, that's, that's, a, that's a great thing. Well, I will say I did find you on the Internet, and I mentioned to you last time that we spoke. I said, you put up some incredible weight out there. I, I was very <laughs> impressed. Oh, you remember that. I remember you mentioned yeah. that. Now, now, please don't tell me this were still shots where you're, you're just really grunting really hard to hold the 65-pound uh, dumbbell. <laughs> no, no, I um, fitness has always been a big part of my it's life. Impressive. Thank you. I appreciate that. It's uh, I started working out when I was 16, and it, yeah. it was always my outlet. And so I would channel everything into you know making progress. Uh, and I knew I wasn't going to be the biggest. So I'm you know five eleven, uh, like 180 pounds. Right. I wanted to be as strong as possible, and so and that started my journey. So I would push and push and push. And I thought it was fascinating how the body will continue to adapt. So I just kept pushing and I would stay roughly the same weight after I gained, you know, gained muscle the first year, year and a half. I wouldn't really change weight, but I just kept getting stronger. But along with that did come some, you know, challenges where I learned the hard way how to work out. So I had a lot of imbalances and injuries, a lot of imbalances. So I had to correct them. So I actually pursued the credentials. So I'm a master trainer with ISSA. And uh, yes, I am working on becoming a master trainer for NASM. So I'm always working towards a new certification. But the point where I got it started was me trying to fix myself because I couldn't afford a personal trainer or physical therapist when I was younger. 
So I started pursuing credentials to fix myself. And I found a passion for teaching people how to work out, which is actually another venture that's coming down the road. Uh, but in the meantime, I love competitions and that's the stuff that you see, just the uh, the training videos. <laughs> well, that's great. I, I noticed that you have your nutritional facts on your product there on your website. Let's see. Let's see here. Uh, eight grams of protein, nine grams of protein. That's pretty good. <laughs> Thank you. Happy four or five of Happy four or five of them, right? <laughs> your protein for the day. It's um, yeah, it's got a good ratio, a good good balance. It's like a sandwich, basically. But um, some of them have less carbs than a sandwich. But the nutritional facts are comparable, depending on if it's the vegan one or the regular one. Yeah, it's supposed to be a meal. The vegan one, of course, is much lighter. Sure. But uh, yeah, they're they're pretty healthy. The only debatable ingredients would be the feta and the phyllo dough, but those really aren't bad. But you know, nah, debatable with some people. Yeah, exactly. I just recently went to plant based uh, about six months ago. I had some some health issues that came up, and so um, I'm always interested in the protein aspect of because I've really knocked down the animal products. So the, the real challenge is, of course, is to find a plant based protein without going to the powders and all the, that sort of jazz. I try not to. I'm not much of a smoothie smoothie guy. I throw a bunch of peanut powder in there. <laughs> get my protein up but um yeah i think the fed will be great I, I i think it's great that you have a vegan virgin out there because that's just such a growing diet out there you got some people out there that are really you know, pushing that for the health aspects of it and um so i think it's really wise having that in your in your menu thank you there's a lot of vegans i was surprised uh or people that like plant-based like you were saying right a lot of people request uh the vegan one or they ask if there's meat in it. A lot of people. I was really uh, surprised. It's, it's nice that people are becoming more health conscious. It's very difficult if you are going to eat out to be completely vegan. I have had to learn to cook at home. and But when you go out, the restaurants just, they're getting better, but they're just not as accommodating. So I think if you can develop more products along those lines, I, you know, who knows? I mean, you're really early in your journey here. But you may be able to get traction and really uh, separate yourself, you know, from the from the other Greek triangle folks out there. That's a good idea, though. To, uh, <laughs> to you're gonna need a little more, more market experience, I think, maybe to figure that out. So, if people want to find more about you, you have you have your website, Greek Triangles. Where else? GreekTriangles.com. Where else can they find you? Uh, aside from that brand with Greek Triangles on Instagram and Facebook. My personal side, uh, johnsimos.com, J-O-N-S-I-M-O-S, kind of um, shares, I'm sharing the journey as I launch each venture because I have three main ventures to start to get traction with and then I have more down the road. But of course, I've got to take them one at a time. So um, sharing my crazy entrepreneurial journey. Uh, So johnsimos.com and then Instagram, same thing, J-O-N-S-I-M-O-S on Instagram. Facebook is... uh, I think it's John W. Simos on Facebook or just Jonathan William Simos. But uh, that's it. They'll find you. Yeah. They'll find it. Well, John Simos has been a, a Greek triangle. It's been a pleasure to have you on the show. Let's do it again in the future because I want to see your face on TV when you've, got, when you've launched this franchise and you're on Shark Tank. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, brother. That'd be amazing. The only investors, the only investors are going to fight over your your newest invention. Yes, I can't wait for that. All right, it's a pleasure. Thank you, Bob. I'll talk to you soon.
Thank you so much for stopping by. I sure hope you enjoy listening to our interviews as much as we do providing them. If so, would you do me a little favor? Go to sarasotastories.co and enter in your email. That way you'll get notifications of all upcoming episodes. Also, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And remember, no matter where you go, to listen, learn, and connect. Connect.